Thanks for pressing play. If you love the serendipitous magic that can only occur in a real conversation, you're in the right place. This is Christopher Lockhead, Follow Your Different, the number one real dialogue oddcast for business leaders, entrepreneurs, and category designers with a different mind. I'm producer Jason DeFilippo, and all of us here are glad you're here. Can you teach teenagers to use AI, become entrepreneurs, and create a revenue-generating business in just 10 weeks? Sounds unlikely, right? Well, this episode unveils what's really possible for young people when they're set up to win as modern entrepreneurs leveraging new AI technology. If you're like us, you'll be shocked and inspired by these three women you're about to meet. Our guests today are Hannah Grady-Williams. She's the founder and CEO of DeSkills. It's also important to know Hannah invited Christopher to invest and serve on her board, and he's proud to be working with her. DeSkills is a one-of-a-kind digital training community that teaches young people entrepreneurship AI skills, and how to create a revenue-producing business in 10 weeks. And the superstars of this conversation are teenage AI entrepreneurs Rory Strait and Anna Mitchell, two recent graduates of the DeSkills program. This episode will challenge and inspire you to think about what's possible for young people in new and different ways. Category Pirates is the leading authority on the power of category design. And Category Pirates is a top-five paid newsletter on Substack. It's kind of like the Harvard Business Review, if the Harvard Business Review was written for and by pirates. If you want to break through to the next level in your career, if you're ready to stop competing and learn to create the new, different market categories of the future, well, get your butt over to CategoryPirates.com today. Now, hey-ho, let's go. Well, ladies, it sure is wonderful to see you. How are you? Good. Doing good. I can't wait for this. Uh, I've been looking forward to this for quite some time, actually. Um, so, Hannah, why don't we just start off quickly with you and um, tell me a little bit about DeSkills and a little bit why we have Rory and Anna here with us. Oh, I am so pumped. This is, this is going to be an epic conversation because Anna and Rory are absolutely phenomenal. And I, I just have to say too, Chris, it's awesome to be back on Follow Your Different. What's, it's been almost, what, a year? I think it's been exactly a year. I've been wanting to, you to have, come back on for a long time. And uh, we should do a session, you and me, because both, and I'm pretty sure I can speak for Ted on this, both Ted and I think what you're doing is absolutely stunning. I, yes, we'll have to do another session, but today is to show off Anna and Aurora because they're phenomenal. I literally can't wait for this. So yeah. Okay. A little bit of background on DeSkills and why Anna and Rory are here. So first things first, DeSkills is about a year into a bunch of different testing we've been doing to see. <laughs> I wish people could see you doing this you got your your muscles up. Um, we're about a I'm year flexing in. Flexing the muscles, the skills muscles. Oh yeah, it's it's epic. So we're about a year in. We've done a bunch of different testing, and basically, skills is the hub where high schoolers are coming to learn 21st century skills like ChatGPT and all of its uses, and then prove them, prove their skills through real world impact projects with real businesses. And part of our test this summer was something called the GPT Innovators Cup. We held the very first competition across the globe for students who 
were basically given this crazy challenge, which was you have 30 days to build a business using ChatGPT. We had no idea who was going to show up, what was going to come of it, but we ended up having about 115 competitors from all different countries. And our competitors, winners- Competitors, aka students, right? Students, yes. Everyone was a student. Students in the program. Yes, who was competing. We left the door really, really open to say, what can you do with ChatGPT? And um, I guess Anna and Rory, I don't know how much you guys know of the background either because you ended up winning and I can't wait to, for you to share what you did. Um, but we left the door super open because my perspective always is students, particularly high schoolers, can do so much more than the world says that we can, right? We're able to accomplish so much more. We have bigger visions. And if you give us an audacious goal, we're able to achieve that goal very frequently. But my question going into the summer was, how many students could really do that? And today you're going to get to hear two who did an exceptional job. I'm literally so pumped about their project that's still, they're literally still running it um, and what they were able to do with an amazing tech like ChatGPT. Awesome. And uh, so Rory and Anna, are you both still in high school? Uh, yeah. And do you mind telling me your ages? If you do, it's no problem. Uh, yeah, I'm 14 years old right now. Yeah. So Rory, you're 14. Just turned 15. What am I even talking about? Like a week ago. Okay. So, so Rory, you just turned 15. Yeah. Happy birthday. Thanks. And Anna, again, how old are you? 17. 17. Okay. So Rory, why don't we start with you? What was it you learned and then did for your, uh, your project? at the skills that made you win this coveted prize? Um, so I think like the biggest thing was like learning how to effectively use ChatGPT. And I think I started off with a very like, what's, what should I wear to school today? Like that kind of ChatGPT usage. And it was really cool to like learn how to use that more effectively and like get like actual feedback and use it more um, just to do cooler things. And just to, we came up with the idea kind of wanting to, help motivate students and find something that related to us and that we could use uh, just in our daily lives. And so we were able, we did, we thought of Acadium and I was able to use ChatGPT and like those new skills that I learned to develop most of the code for that uh, Chrome extension. And yeah. So hold, hold on, slow down a sec here, Rory. Some of us are not that smart. So during the DISKILLS program, you learn how to use ChatGPT and specifically how to code in chat, chat GPT. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And you, had you done much coding before? Um, I had done like little bits of it. Like I had definitely watched a few YouTube videos, but not a lot. And not so much in school, mostly on your own? Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you in the program learned to use GPT to create code, yes? Yes, I did, yeah. And then you wrote a software program using GPT. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. I got so, it to um, show me like the steps for building a Chrome extension. Like I def like I tried doing other things, but it was actually most helpful to like ask it for the steps to, and it would tell me like how to download stuff, how to all the steps. It was really nice. So GPT was telling you what you needed to do to build a Chrome extension for your app. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. And and how many weeks did you do this? You started the program and then you won the prize in how much time? 
Well, there was definitely like some stuff that happened at the beginning. We had like partner switches happening. And I think one of our, we was originally a group of three and one of our partners like had some personal issues. So we actually completed most of the project in like the last two weeks of the program. So it was actually a much shorter time frame than the initial uh, setup. So you were doing learning along the way, but the actual work to build your Chrome extension was about two weeks. Yeah. Okay. And what did you folks build? So we built uh, Acadium, which is a Chrome extension. It allows students to input their daily tasks and they can select difficulty and how long they think it's going to take. And it creates a customized Pomodoro schedule for them so that that like prioritizes harder tasks over easy tasks and helps them to get through their work more effectively. Uh, we also have we built it has an included Pomodoro timer so students can really easily uh, access it. And then. Right now, we're kind of working on Acadium Plus, which is going to have new features. So I'm working on making it so you can change background colors, making it so the Pomodoro timer is a little easier to use. And yeah, and you're also able to remove tasks and adjust the Pomodoro timer or schedule for you. So basically, it's, a, it's, it's an application um, that helps me as a student uh, plan out the best ways to study. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And how many users were you able to get to uh, to work with and play with your app? Oh, I was like, I haven't checked it. I should have checked it right before. But, but roughly. How many? I think it's around like 25 right now. It's been going up in like the past week or two, though. Awesome. Thanks to Anna's like epic marketing skills. So. Oh, okay. We'll get to that in a second. I love people with epic marketing skills, Anna. <laughs> and, um, and, why do you think this this application won? Why why did why are you one of the winners at the skills for building this in two weeks? <laughs> I think we really kind of embodied what the competition was all about and kind of going from zero to a finished product and just the learning curve that came with that. And I think like out of the competition, we stood out as people who really just like took took an idea and ran with it and like went through all the steps that I think were intended for us to go through. So just like having that end result really would embody what the program was, what the whole point of it was. And I think that's a big reason why uh, we won. Well, and it sounds like not only did you do that, Rory, but in addition, of course, you had a team member leave, you had some hee-haw, blah, blah. So there was some BS along the way that got in the way and the clock was running out. And so not only did you do what you did in terms of building a valuable piece of uh, technology for students, you did it in an incredibly short period of time. Yeah, it was definitely a time crunch at the end there. And I think like being able to get over all of those like hurdles along the way and be able to come up with a finished product, that was like probably the most uh, beneficial part. Excellent. I want to jump right. in here, Chris, for a second, because this is some really important context to hear just how amazing what Anna and Aurora uh, completed was. So when we set out building this Innovators Cup, this is not a structured program. It wasn't like we had a session every single day to come teach any of the students or the sprinters, as we call them, to come into the DeSkills community, learn specific ways to use ChatGPT, and then go implement them. This was not like school, in other words. What we did is set up this really audacious proposition, and then Anna and Aurora were able to work from the goal backwards. And we call this impact first learning. 
So they were able to say, okay, I want to reach this impact. This is my end goal. And then I want to back into that and fill in the gaps of knowledge that I have. And uh, Rory and Anna both shared with me, neither of them have done any of this before Acadium. I mean, Aurora, like you were sharing, you had, you know, maybe dabbled around a little bit with code. And Anna, you had never, I mean, we'll get to this, but you never done social media marketing before. And then suddenly they just in two weeks were able to complete this. And we had maybe three live sessions the entirety of this entire sprint. So just to set up that context, this is this is the new way that we learn and that students are able to learn because of the digital world and, and that's why I find them so impressive is we started with the end impact they wanted to make in mind and worked backwards and they were able to build a completed Chrome extension plus all the other things we're going to discuss. So maybe Gen Z isn't stupid, lazy, and mostly useless. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> <laughs> Preaching to the choir. By the way, I never thought that. So Anna, let's go to you for a sec. Let's, uh, I'd love to get maybe a little bit of color on um, the project from your perspective and on how you learned to do, um, how you became a social media maven in 15 seconds or less? Well, I kind of, you know, I was always like kind of out there and I was like, oh, there's graphic design in it, which I'm interested in. So I was like, might as well try it. And Rory was doing all the coding. So I was like, well, people need to hear about this. So I decided to start an Instagram account. And basically learn everything I know, basically through trial and error, which is a very new process, like actually like not in the science labs. It's like actually looking and trying out different posts and stuff like that. And, and maybe um, you could tell me a little bit, Anna, how this learning experience was different from you're in high school now. Yes. Yep. And you, will you be going to college sometime soon or do you know? Uh, for sure. Not percent, but I am applying to colleges. Yeah. Okay. So, but you've been in school for the bulk of your life, right? At 18, yep. right? <laughs> and so you have a very clear experience of what school's like. How was this experience different? Well, it's actually funny that you asked that question because right now I'm actually in a marketing class. And it's super funny because with all due respect to my teacher, I've learned nothing in that class. It is like busy work, papers, everything. And it's crazy how much that I learned even like before the two weeks before the actual cup was over. And now that I'm doing it like in my free time, that it's really not as hard to make it seem. And like you don't have to know all the business lingo and the economic terms. All you have to do is continue to push yourself and try new things and see what works. And if it doesn't work, then you know that it doesn't work and you move on from that. And if I was, let's say I was you, but a few weeks back and didn't know social media marketing, and I was on a similar project to this one, uh, and you were coaching me a little bit on how to learn social media marketing in 15 seconds or less, um, what would you share with me? I would say, I mean, on a social media platform such as Instagram, all you have to do is train it to understand what you want and what you what kind of content you want to see. Like, for example, so many people get caught up in the reels and like on my personal account, I might just scroll for hours. But whenever I was on the actual Acadium account, I would go through reels and find the audios that were under 500 and then make a simple post with the same video over and over. 
And if it wasn't the kind of content that I was looking for, then I would just keep rolling. And it was just about doing whatever you want from the from Instagram, from Facebook, from anything you want. And have you heard the term A-B testing? I have not. Awesome. Because that's what you were doing. A-B testing is a, you know, somewhat fancier way of saying throw shit against the wall and see what sticks. I understand. Yeah. I was using a bit of that. <laughs> now, Rory, uh, you essentially, using GPT, became a coder in a matter of weeks. So let me ask you the same question I asked Anna. How was that learning experience and this approach where you're actually going to do an impact project? So you're not just learning for the sake of it. You're learning so you could go do something. How would you compare and contrast that to traditional education? I think the the thing that stood out the most about like the impact framework and how I was able to learn in that much shorter amount of time just compared to the traditional education stuff was the fact that like I started definitely, especially because it was with ChatGPT, I started with like just, oh, it was copy paste, like put an in input, copy paste. But then as you do it over and over again, you started to see patterns and I started to like actually understand what was going on. So, cause I reached a point where it was like, stuff was breaking and I was like, I don't know where anything is, but because I had like started with that big thing and like had to kind of like figure it out just from the start, I was able to build up like minuscule understanding to the point where I was actually able to start going in and writing my own code and start uh, figuring out what I needed to do from that. Versus I think with the traditional education things I've been in, I know I've been in tech classes before where they start you with hello world and they're like, build up from this. And then at the end, they ask you to do this thing. And you're like, well, I don't really understand how the pieces go together. I don't really understand what I need to do to get to like the final product. Instead, you kind of start with the final product and broke it down and said, well, how do I get, how did I get here? What was that I needed to learn to get here? And I think that really helped me understand it better. Wow. That's awesome. And I'm curious for both of you, uh, do you go to the same high school by any chance or did you meet in this program? No, we definitely met in this program. I live all the way in Kansas. I'm not sure where Anna even lives. We live very far apart. And, and so what was it like for you to do this kind of A, learning, and then B, go to work on producing an app like this? It sounds like a very real app. And we now have beta people using it and we're doing the next version and we're doing the plus and we're, you're doing all these things, right? And so tell me about what it was like for you um, versus in-person learning that you do at, at high school, learning together as a team and then working together to produce uh, Acadium. I mean, I can show you like the, the texts are like eight pair, like chunks that are this long. Like it was definitely the communication was crazy. But I think that was the biggest part was like developing some interpersonal skills as well, being able to communicate not only on like the D-Skills community, but also to each other. That was definitely an experience, but I think it actually really helps. Like we got a lot of stuff done. So Anna and Rory, so that everyone can hear this. And I don't think I shared this with Chris. You two did not physically, you never got together in person. You also never even zoomed. You literally built this and collaborated all over text. Am I correct about that? Uh, yeah. When was the first time you saw each other's faces? Um, I don't want to say the awards ceremony. <laughs> But like, I don't, yeah, I know. Cause she missed the first video too. So I think actually the awards ceremony. So I just want to make sure Rory and Anna, you 
too. And there were some other folks on the team, yes? Uh, yeah, there was only one other girl, but... one. And is that that gal the one that left? Uh, yeah. So it was just you two? Yeah. So you two won the prize out of how many, Hannah? It was about 115 who started sprinting. And how many sort of finished and produced a, a piece of software or some kind of a impact outcome they could point to? I want to say it was not everyone came to the award ceremony, Rory. Actually, I think it was about 12 who finished. Okay. And so, um, and the first time you saw each other's faces was after you won the award and you went, went on the thing and got the big ta-da. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm also curious in both your cases, do your schools teach GPT or AI? No. What is the stance that your schools have taken on GPT? It definitely differs from teacher to teacher. I would have to say there's there's teachers that are like, I guess like on the tech spectrum, there's teachers who are like, yeah, go for it. See what you can do. And then on like the English side of it and like the, the more traditional subject side of it, it's definitely like not appreciated in schools. It's blocked on all my school computers. I had to like grab an extra laptop to work on the project at all. Fascinating. And what about you, Anna? Yeah, I kind of get that a little bit. Maybe it's because I am in the South, but nobody likes it. Not even the tech people. I mean, no one even gives it a chance. You know, I remember Hannah like being like, oh, you can use it to create study schedules. And it's just like in school, it's either you're copy and pasting, you're making an essay from it all. It's making you stupider. All of like the negatives that come out of it. Could you say more about the comment? It's making you stupider? Well, people just, especially our generation already, people only see us on our phones. And so they think that kind of translates into, you know, we don't have any work ethic. We don't really want to succeed. We just want to sit around, don't do anything. And now that this AI is coming out, I mean, it's brand new technology. And they just kind of see it as another way for us to cheat the older generations, I guess you could say. I think it also kind of comes from a place of adults, like, or just especially like people in the generation who are not very into it and not liking it as much. Kind of like, I know right when it came out, articles upon articles were like, this is going to take over the entire workforce. Everyone's going to lose their jobs. No, like, I think it kind of like freaked a lot of people out and initially. So trying to kind of reel that back and like see what it's actually useful for it and that it's not making us stupider. It's actually can like propel this kind of learning is really important. Well, you two learned to code and market in two weeks and delivered a result by building Acadium and marketing Acadium and getting your first set of beta customers. Yes. And have we even touched on the fact that they launched an Etsy store with their merch, literally did the graphic design on their logo and launched an Etsy store so they have passive income from people who buy their products. And that happened in two weeks. So so wait a minute, I understand this. What did you do with Etsy and selling whatever you're selling? So just like a, a launch thing and as like a cool like right when we put it out i also set up uh, an etsy account i just i watched uh i asked i watched a video and i said gpt about like how i could do that really easily and i found a way to have another company like produce the products for us and it just like went through us 
So it was pretty easy to set up. And then we were able to have that at the beginning as kind of like a cool passive income thing. And I think with our next version, I'm going to, we're going to try and do like a thing where they can donate and possibly have a page talking about like uh, D skills mission and like what we're trying to do and have them donate that way. So that could also be another form of passive income. So in addition to creating Acadium, marketing it, getting your initial users in, you built an Etsy store so that you could sell t-shirts and things along. What, what, what do I buy from your store? Uh, we just made like, we made like school related stuff. So I think there's like a pencil case and stickers for your laptop, stuff like that. Oh, I definitely need a sticker. I don't, I might not need a pencil case, but I really need some stickers. <laughs> well, and I want to, I, it, you guys are not selling yourself well enough here. Look at this beautiful branding. Oh, that's awesome. Here, wait a minute. Let me see that, Rory. Hey. Oh, now, now let me ask you about this logo. How did this logo come to be? I mean, I would probably talk to Anna more about that because she started it. Yeah, that's kind of why I worked with Rory because she was managing all the computer and coding and everything and design and marketing and making the reels and everything. So I actually made that graphic um, logo. So you designed the Acadium logo yourself? Yep. And what technology did you use to, to create that logo? Well, I actually use Illustrator for all of the like actual making of it, but I use ChatGPT to give me, you know, like a logo, like a slogan that I could use and what kind of fonts like represent what, even ask them about color theory and what colors like make it seem like we're real and like safe for everyone to use. Do you see why I'm impressed? <laughs> Every time one of you says something, I just want to give you either a high five or a fist bump or a hug. I'm not, or maybe all of the above. Um, and so um, how long was the total program from start to finish? Um, just like the initial thing or like my, the entire thing, when you started the first thing you did with the uh, skills right up until when you won the award, I believe it was originally supposed to be 30 days. And did it end up being something different than 30 days? Well, just cause like those initial weeks. So it was probably for us, like the, the, like 12 to 14 days. So to clarify, Chris, just to put that in context. So the competition was 30 days long. That's how long every team had to get through this. Rory and Anna had complications at the beginning, so they shortened that entire timeline. And we're talking building the Chrome extension, launching the marketing. Anna, you haven't even mentioned your brand partnerships. Anna literally found multiple Instagram partners to repost their content. They grew to, what was it, 450 followers in like three days. Plus, they launched the Etsy store with the designed logo. Do you guys realize how, like, if you went to any company and you could, don't just take my word for it. Chris can speak on behalf of literally every company in Silicon Valley. If you told me a 14 at the time, 14 and 17 year old could do that in 12 to 14 days, I think they might, they might uh, fall off a bridge. Like I, it's literally mind boggling. It, it is. It's extraordinary ladies. And I, I got to tell you, um, most companies have very large result production prevention departments that do not allow for this kind of legendary in this kind of time frame. So I'm curious um, now um, how you think about learning. What has this taught you about what's possible for you to learn? I think the biggest thing that it's taught us about like how it's possible, how easy, like, I don't know. 
just that it's more accessible than you think it is. And that if you really want to learn something, all you have to do is like, I'm not going to say use ChatGPT, but like use your, use your brain, go out there, find what you can do. And like, honestly, starting from like an idea is better than just like starting from, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing with this. It's, it's, if you can like find something that you're interested in and just like dive into it, the internet has everything you could possibly need to, to aid in that. Wow. That's so awesome, Rory. Anything you'd like to add in that regard, Anna? Uh, I especially think that's true. And especially for upperclassmen in high school, because I'm a senior, college is never, you know, it doesn't have to always be, you have to go to college and you have to get a job after that. You know, like I said before, am I applying to colleges? Yes. Is it a hundred percent that I'm going to go to college? Definitely not. I mean, I don't even know what's into my life in a year. And by working hard and getting out of my comfort zone, possibilities and opportunities are going to become more and more frequent. And I think especially, I don't know, I've heard a few things about there being colleges just like randomly shutting down. I know the college industry, I'm calling it an industry just because of like how expensive all the stuff is going on. I think in a world where it's just getting more and more expensive and it's becoming an option for less and less people, being able to develop these like work skills and these life skills and soft skills and the ability to learn is really important right now, especially with just all the stuff that's going on, being able to kind of fend for yourself in like an increasing technological, but also increasingly expensive world. I think that's really important. Wow. Um, Very powerful insight. You know, I'm thinking as you're talking, I have a niece who I think she just turned 31 and, uh, and she's married and she's an incredible gal. Um, And uh, we were on the phone the other day, kind of going through uh, her finances and I was kind of helping her plan for the future and things that a good uncle should do. And her and her husband are debt-free, except they have $130,000 of uh, college debt. And both of them tell me that their degrees had very little to do with A, getting the jobs that they had, and B, helping them in the jobs that they had. And look, I think college is wonderful for lots of people, and there's lots of reasons to go to college. I do not want to get brain surgery from the uh, person who figured out how to do it on YouTube. Um, And so there's lots and lots of good reasons to go to college. However, to your point, there are more alternatives today than ever before. So I'm curious, what do your parents have to say about all of this that you've done and then when you won the award and so forth? I think like the biggest thing, I don't know, just in relation to the usage of chat GPT, my, uh, my parents work in, or my dad at least works in tech. And I remember like the first thing, like the, right after I started the project, him being like, so you're saying I spent however much money on my master's degree. <laughs> he was like, he was like, and you just did what I did like in, in a few weeks. And I was like, yeah. And I think. Neener nonner dad, neener nonner. <laughs> yeah. But he's mostly supportive and he was like, that's really cool. But it was also kind of like a thing it like seeing like seeing how that's kind of evolving. Did you teach him and or your mom or any of the other adults in your life who love you? uh, Were you showing them some of the things you were learning and doing as you were learning and doing? Yeah, I mean, considering I had to borrow my dad's laptop to have access to ChatGPT, I was kind of forced to explain everything that was going on. (laughs) (laughs) He wanted to make sure you weren't racking up millions of dollars in game purchases or something else. Yeah, pretty much. And Anna, for you, I'm curious, um, 
What was the reaction of your folks and the other adults who love you in your life? Well, during it, I kept it kind of like quiet. I mean, I, I, they just thought I was, you know, applying for college and everything. And they've always been so proud of me and have let me know that college, like, that's just an option. and I don't have to go there if I don't want to. And so I was like, oh, I just got off this like Zoom meeting and I just like won first place for this application that I did, like with all my friends. They were like, what the heck is going on? Like, what is this news coming from? And they were like calling everyone, like calling my whole family, telling them about it and like trying to get it downloaded on their computers and everything like that. <laughs> yeah, I remember walking out in the hallway and being like, hey, I won $500. Thoughts? <laughs> it was like, my brother walked up down the stairs and was like, are you just share with me? I was like, <laughs> there was this, everyone was really excited. That's so awesome. And you obviously, so you learned about technology, you learned about social media marketing, but of course you also learned about entrepreneurship. And so I'm curious how you think about being an entrepreneur now that you are both entrepreneurs. I think it was definitely like a new experience. And I know, like, I don't know, throughout school, they've always told us about like the design process or like the engineering design process or the steps you have to go through to get somewhere. But like seeing it actually applied, like I realized that I do really enjoy it. Like even, even when it was really hard and it was like, I was like, two in the morning and I was coding like the night before <laughs> it, it just like it, that process is still really fun. And I think it's kind of like opened my eyes to that possibility and how, how like rewarding that can be. And how about you, Anna? Yeah, I definitely, I mean, I've tried to do similar things and like start babysitting business and like things don't go to plan. And like my partner like gives up on me. And so I definitely say there is a little luck in it, you know, kind of, stumbling upon Aurora was amazing. I mean, she was so hardworking and to have someone like that by my side, you know, I know she was putting in the effort as I was too. And it was just like, I mean, it's definitely a hard thing to do, but there are so many ways to do it and accomplish it that I feel like almost anyone could do it. Hmm. And how's your relationship with each other today? How would you describe your relationship? I mean, I've been like continuously impressed by how committed Anna has been. And like, I still open my phone and like, that's like the, the Acadium's new reel is the first thing that pops up every time I open my phone. So I've been like super impressed by how hard she's been working on it. And I, I remember like the very first competition day, like DMing Anna and being like, Hey, am I allowed to ask someone to be my partner before we start? And she was like, yeah. And so I DMed and I was like, Hey, so just like kind of like being like kind of like thrown together randomly uh, from that and just being able to work together. I think it kind of created a, a good bond. That's awesome. What about you, Anna? Yeah, I definitely see that. I mean, it's kind of funny to think about how I was as a freshman in high school and look at Aurora and she's just doing so amazing. Like she's really succeeding in life and I'm so proud of her. And to have someone, I mean, I almost kind of look up to her in a way, which is kind of funny because she's younger than me. But it's like all this hard work that I put in to like prove that we can be successful and that we work hard to do it and that something can come from it. Fantastic. And what's, um, so what does the future hold for Acadium? Where, where does the project, where does the software go now? So yeah, I kind of briefly mentioned the Acadium Plus stuff. I have a whole document somewhere in the Wonderscape that's my computer that <laughs> lists out the features that I'm working on. But the idea is to 
kind of like now that we've had this experience and that's why it's been taking longer, like what I'm about to say, but kind of back up and kind of start for fresh and like see if I can kind of like actually develop coding skills and kind of build from the ground up, make it more streamlined, more effective, less like make it look less like ChatGPT code, like thrown together and kind of get it to be something that I can like truly say that I created and add more features, make it easier to use all that kind of stuff. And uh, more marketing, more users, yes. And do we see a pathway to revenue or what are you thinking? Uh, yeah, I think the initial, the biggest thought was um, if we can actually get it to a point where it's something that's worth like asking people to spend money on, <laughs> that's where I think we'd be able to kind of put like a tiny price tag on it. But for now, I think kind of the like, buy the developers a coffee or keeping the Etsy shop running, like that kind of thing is what will kind of fuel it. And I think wanting it to be something that's accessible to students is like kind of outweighs like the impact, like getting paid money. I think that that's something that's really important. And as a student, like I'll be like, Oh, cool study tool. Dang it. It's $3. Like even, even the smallest amount, like it creates a wall there. So I think being able to reach as many people as possible by not having that for as long as possible is also really important. That is such a powerful insight, Rory, for you to have at 15 years old. Because as you probably know, many of the most popular pieces of software ever started that way. And some of them, of course, are still that way and they have an advertising model. And some of them have a uh, what's called a freemium model where there's a free version and there's a paid version and all that stuff. But starting many years ago, companies, uh, software developers started to use that strategy and you seem to have come to it very intuitively as a 15-year-old entrepreneur. Yeah. And I think it just kind of came from a place of like, really honestly, like things like be as we kind of went on the AI journey and like trying to figure out all those things being like, oh, this, that costs money. Oh, this, that costs money. And also like things, uh, things like Quizlet that used to be completely like, 100% free could use as a study tool that kind of turned into like a more like freemium, that kind of thing. Just kind of seeing how that could be frustrating, like just seeing how we can move along that process. I think we would want to have it at a point where I would feel comfortable, where both of us would feel comfortable, like actually putting a price tag on it. But for now, we'll probably stick with those things. But yeah, it was definitely, um, I definitely had to think through that because the one of the parts of the competition was like, has to make passive income. So we were like, oh, how can we do this without like making them pay money for it? So yeah. And thus the Etsy store. Yeah. Well, and adding to that, Rory, here quickly, I notice all over, this is a buzzword everywhere online, this idea of passion projects, right? And that everyone's talking about a passion project. And usually it comes with the connotation of, I do this project so that my college application looks better, right? And what I love that you two have done is you've not stopped at, I'm going to do a cool project that makes me look better on my college application. What you two have done is said, I'm going to do a cool project that number one, makes an impact on real people. So it's an impact project, not a passion project. And number two, it has a, a vision, at least, towards revenue, it could eventually become something people pay for. So you're thinking entrepreneurially. And number three, at the very get-go, you'll have built out a somewhat stream of passive income if you can get people to buy the merch and all that jazz. So what you two have done, which is what's so amazing to me, 
is you, by taking this framework or this model, by not just saying, this is a passion project of I'm going to start a podcast or I'm going to, you know, volunteer at a nonprofit. So I look good on college applications. You two are literally forging your own career paths because you are not letting the world dictate the direction you're headed because you're just going to build what you want to, what makes an impact, what could potentially generate revenue in the future. And that is what sets you apart from every other high schooler out there. So given everything Hannah just said, um, what advantage do you, uh, both of you think you have now in your lives, in your careers, in your learning um, after doing uh, this project that you did not have coming into uh, the skills? I mean, it's kind of like I've earned a little bit of respect, especially from my friends. Like they're always like checking out the new reels and being like, I can't believe that she started like a complete like new Chrome extension. Like nobody's really done that before. But besides like out of that, it's like editing skills, social media skills I've earned, especially whenever social media is such a big deal these days. Skills have definitely taught me a lot. And also just how to work hard, you know how to make a balance in my life. You know, I can't just do a KDM all day. I still have to do school and figuring out like that time management as well. It's just like so many useful opportunities. And number one is like teaching me how to be a completely new learner out of all things. You know, nobody really can teach you how to learn social media besides you doing it and experimenting. Awesome. Um, is there anything else uh, either one of you would like to share? Yeah. And then I think like outside of the context of the marketing and more on the coding side of it, like being able to launch yourself into that and really learn from that. I think they like in school, they talk a lot about soft skills and like the ability to learn and, or they don't talk about the ability to learn, but I think this kind of really helped build up to that and kind of the transition between like school and college and then adult life, like being a lifelong learner and being able to kind of push yourself and do your own things. I think that's a big advantage that we both gained was being able to uh, learn how to learn and learn how to find passion in things. Uh, I am so stunned. The two of you are so spectacular. It, it is incredible. Incredible. I, want to highlight something that Rory, you shared with me a couple of weeks ago. It's actually right after the competition ended, and maybe you can elaborate on this. We talked a lot during the Innovators Cup, and we talk a lot about this at Diskills, about how school teaches us that it's not okay to fail, that we have to constantly be striving for the best grades. And obviously there's so many memes and adages and all that about, you know, your parents are mad at you because you made a B instead of an A. And there's everything in school teaches us we have to be perfect or we have to strive for perfection. And Rory, you shared with me that there were, and hopefully you can elaborate on this, but you said there were multiple times in the competition that you just wanted to give up because you kept running into errors, right? And yet you you said something that has stuck in my brain for these past few months, which is, you know, when you're on a sports team, it's like you're getting told, you're, you're almost afraid to experiment and, and try different things or to fall down or to get hurt because you're supposed to be perfect. But in this sprint, you literally realized that failure and, and getting that over and over and over again was actually a part of life and actually good for you. Do you want to just elaborate on this? Because that has literally stuck in my mind for so long since you shared that with me. 
Uh, yeah, I think one of the, like, I think right after when we had those two weeks chopped off at the beginning, initially, I almost texted Anna. I was like, Hey, I feel really bad if you want to switch partners or like continue with the project with someone else. Like I literally was so close to sending that text. And then after getting past that, like, just like coding is coding. So like error after error after error, it was definitely this thing of like, uh, it doesn't feel worth it. Like if we're not going to have an end product, I don't really see what the point was. And I think you said like the sports, like I think my uh, example would be like figure skating. Like you're really scared to fall down on the ice and you want to stay up, but every single figure skating trainer will tell you that like the the faster you get good at falling down and good at standing back up, the better of a figure skater you become. And I think that really applies to that as well. There's no figure skater or hockey player because I, I grew up in Canada ever that doesn't have at multiple points in their life, a very bruised bottom. Yes, definitely. So uh, ladies, what you've done is amazing. You're incredibly inspiring to me, incredibly inspiring to me. Um, And I have a question for you. If you had a little bit more money to play with, um, would that be helpful? I think like with any project, the answer to that is yes. (laughs) I think having access to, uh, like higher end software, having access to people who can help you and being able to get people who can help. Like it always, it definitely. Yeah. So have you heard the term venture capitalist? Definitely heard it. I'm not sure what it means though. (laughs) That's okay. A venture capitalist is somebody who invests in early stage businesses, hoping for a return over time. And so, and they generally are a company, a group of individuals that do that. And then there are these things called, quote unquote, angel investors. And they're individual investors who do the same thing. They invest in early stage startups, but not with a firm and partners and other people's money, just on their own. And so I would like to make a proposal to you. I would like to be your first angel investor. And I would love it if I could invest a thousand dollars in the both of you. That would be very nice. That'd be great. <laughs> would you find good uses for a thousand dollars at this stage of the growth of the business? 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll connect over email after um, this conversation, but um, you'll be getting a thousand dollars from me uh, ASAP. And I can't wait to see what you continue to do. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Anything else, ladies? I mean, just thank you for like giving us this opportunity, uh, Hannah, and being able to provide a space for us to do this and create this thing. And thank you to Anna for being such a great partner and just really helping uh, build the project to what it is today. I said the same goes to your work for being just like the amazing that you are. I wanted to share that because you two are so inspiring and your project has literally gotten dozens of students reaching out to me saying, can I do what Anna and Aurora did? We actually just launched, I don't know if you guys saw this, we just launched a 10-day boot camp. There's currently 10 students who are sprinting through it. It's called Code Sprint. And it's, it's even kids down to age 12 who are building something like what you two did because they were inspired by you. And I want you to know that because now we're going to be running that at least once a month for like the upcoming, the foreseeable future, because kids are looking at you two and saying, if they can do that in high school, I can do that too.
So you literally not only have built a business, you've also become an inspiration for kids who thought previously that the best use of their skills was just to score a little bit better on the SAT so they could get into college. And they're now looking at you two going, I can do this right now. I can actually get to a finished product right now. And they're partnering with GPT and looking to you two for inspiration. That's so cool. And that's really, I just, again, like talking about like how you created the space for us in the first place. Like it's been a really cool journey and I really appreciate everything that's gone into it. Yeah, of course. If you, if, if there's going to be more legendary high schoolers like you guys who come out of sprints like this, I will do this till the day that I die. And I know Chris would say the same thing. Absolutely. You give us, you give me, I know Ted feels the same way. Of course, Hannah feels the same way. Tremendous hope for the future. I mean, what your creativity, your innovation, your willingness to get after it and to use this technology, particularly after your schools had made it very difficult, if not impossible, to play with this stuff, never mind actually do things with it, um, is incredibly inspiring. And, um, you know, frankly, you're the greatest investment anybody could make because you are amazing. So congratulations on a legendary job to both of you, Anna and Rory. If you ever need me, I'm here. I'd be happy to help you in any way I can. And I can't wait to see what the next uh, few months and the next few years, what you're going to be able to do because um, you you are both legendary. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate uh, everyone's time. And that's super, it's like really heartwarming for me and I'm sure for Anna too just to hear that. So thank you both. Yeah. I'm so grateful for people like you and for everything that you have inspired me to do. Uh, It is absolutely my pleasure. And you inspire me in ways that you might not ever know, but um, the two of you are legendary. Please uh, give your parents a big hug for, uh, for us and uh, thank them for, for uh, helping you get into this program. And um, hopefully they'll hear this and um, they'll know just how proud we are of you too and how much we believe in you. Thanks, ladies. That was the legendary and extraordinary Hannah Grady-Williams, Rory Strait, and Anna Mitchell. You can find Hannah at deskills.io. That's the letter D, skills.io. We want to thank Hannah, Rory, and Anna for joining us, and we'd also like to thank you. Thank you for pressing that play button and joining us for today's legendary conversation with the superstars of tomorrow's business world. And we'd like to thank Clary. Clary is the leader in revenue collaboration and governance. CEOs have a hard time answering the most important question in business. Are we going to meet, beat, or miss on revenue? Visit Clary.com and learn how to get your whole company collaborating and governing your revenue process. That's Clary.com. C-L-A-R-I dot And don't forget CategoryPirates.com. Break out of competition thinking. Stop competing in existing markets and learn how to create your own. Go to CategoryPirates.com today. This podcast is produced and edited by me, Jason DeFilippo. Sarah Knox and Jamie J handle the website and technical execution. Show notes by GM Simon. RJ and EX Bobus do our web development. Cedric Biros does our graphic and web design. Our law firm is Weed and Jack. Our accountants are three balance sheets to the wind. We record on Squadcast.fm using Dolby ADHD technology. Eddie Van Halen was right. Listen to Katie Lang. For the love of God, get out of the passing lane. Teach kids mental health. Thanks, Candy Dandy. And hey, Colin, this oddcast really ties the room together. Our deepest condolences go out to Andrew Tate. Sorry, Tate, we just ran out of time for you. Till next time, stay safe, stay legendary, and follow your different. <laughs>